an absolute bloodbath. Hello and welcome to the SBK Betting Podcast, Cheltenham Festival Day 4 Special. I'm Tom Collins and Ross Miller is to my left. Now Thursday at the festival was the day that the bookies needed. Mighty Potter was stuffed in the Turners. Shishkin finished second in the Ryanair. Lucia was beaten in the Mayor's Novice Hurdle. And Cider Burley caused a 33-1 to shock in the Stayers. And to top it off, all three handicaps went the way of lesser fancied runners. A day full of shocks was due after the first two days at the Cheltenham Festival. Ross, did it affect you as badly as I think it affected everyone else? No, I, I mean, <clears throat> nowhere near as good as Tuesday and Wednesday, but but very slightly up thanks to Fugitive second in the in the play. I mean, I <laughs> roared him up the hill. I actually got an alert on my smartwatch telling me that my heart rate had gone above 120 when I appeared to be motion, <laughs> uh, stationary um, and gave me a big warning. But that was why I thought he ran a mighty race. He was a, a good return for me, but yet uh, Lucia was a bit of a a bit of a dent. Other than that, it was a fairly quiet day for me, but a few each ways kept me kept me above water for today. Yeah, you chose the right day to play safe. You did say on the uh, on day three episode that we filmed yesterday that's live on YouTube and Spotify that you were playing safe on Thursday. And yeah, as I say, it proved right because a lot of the results were quite unfathomable. Um, I would say it wasn't great in these quarters either. I had T. Hoopoo in the stairs who ran quite well. Um, I also had Salvador Ziggy in the Potemps who also hit the frame, but no winners. I wouldn't say it's the best day of the Chant Festival I've ever had either. Right, let's talk about the Ryanair because that's the race everyone wants to speak about right now. Not the Stairs Hurdle, which was fantastic, a real good spectacle, but it's the Ryanair and Shishkin's defeat. Shishkin, to me, in the early part of the race, looked really lazy. The ITV boys in the analysis said that headgear might be suitable next time. I don't think Nico de Boinville gave him the, the greatest ride either. What did you make of the race, Ross? Uh, well, we were we were chatting back and forth in our WhatsApp group, weren't we? And, and for me, it was apparent from a very early stage, in contrast to the runner Ascot, where it was apparent that he was absolutely on it, that he that he just wasn't. I, I thought he looked quiet walking around the paddock. Now, I didn't see him in the paddock at Ascot, so I can't comment on that. But I thought he looked fairly laboured wandering around. I know he's got a fairly quiet demeanour. He certainly didn't take as much of a grip cantering down to the start, which I know Nico had put no value on whatsoever last time I had. Um, this time he didn't sort of take a grip to the start. He was very quiet down. And just from the off, he was never travelling. Nico was having to move his arms and push him along. Now, whether this run has come too soon is is a possibility. But as we spoke about on the preview pod, it's 26 days, which is exactly the same uh, number of days he had between his Kempton run in the Desert Orchid chase before he ran that epic uh, race against Enigamine in the SBK Clarence House chase last season. So I'm not sure you can put it down to that. He clearly is just got a bit of a kink and a, and a quirk. And if he doesn't get things his own way, maybe just sulks in the middle, middle part of the race. Um, I think you have to give him credit for finishing second because I think he'd have been long odds to finish second at most parts of the race it's only heart and guts that got him there personally i wouldn't be keen to see him in headgear just yet i'd like to see him tried over three miles um you know and and see how that goes but yeah he's definitely looking um like he's you know got a bit of a kink to him and he's not a straightforward uh, horse to train or ride i would think no, I like how you said there, full credit to him to finish second. I love how he tried up the hill as well. He was in fourth, then third, and he really wanted to finish second. You could tell he put his neck out, his head down, and galloped all the way to the line. We should mention the winner of the race, because we've just talked about Shishkin so far. The winner was Envoy Ellen, who ran right up to his best, actually, just two pounds below his career best on RPRs 
Uh, a good performance given last time out he disappointed and a second winner on the week for Henry de Bromhead. Or was it third? Could be third winner on the week for Henry de Bromhead. So yeah, he's having a fantastic week given he hasn't had the best start to 2023, albeit his horses began to run, to run a little bit better coming into the Cheltenham Festival as Ross highlighted in episode one of this mini series. Right, let's talk about Friday's action. Enough of Shishkin. We don't want to hear about him. Um, we want to hear about Friday's action and the feature race because it is arguably the race of the year, definitely the race of the festival, and that is the Cheltenham Gold Cup. The market is headed by Gallop Anderson, who's 15 to 8 right now. He's the new challenger on the scene, but he faces last year's winner, Aplutard, who's currently around 9 to 2. He also faces the King George winner, Brave Man's Game, who's 15 to 2, and the Grand National hero, Noble Yates, who's 12 to 1. Further down the market, you've got last year's runner-up, Manella Indo. You've got Statler, who won the National Hunt Chase 12 months ago. And you've got Betfair Chase winner, Protector, among others. It's just a phenomenal race. What do you make of it? I'm getting nervous, TC. I'm a big Galloping Deschamps fan. Um, won't, won't make or break my festival in terms of financially how he goes. But as a racing fan, I'm desperate to see him, to see him win. I think you have to concede that whilst he has handled soft ground that soft ground in itself is not an issue but the the extra stamina test that this race is going to become is a slight concern given that all along you know he was so free over two and a half everything has been about is this horse going to stay three or three and a quarter is it as as it is um I, i'm confident he'll stay i just hope he stays on this ground i have an anti-post position very similar to yours on statler he too doesn't want soft ground but he he, he stays he's got bottomless stamina so that brings him into play i'm not a fan of protector but i'd have to concede that soft ground is is going to give him his his ideal conditions henry de bromhead's form means you've got to give a second look to aplutar but i think he was the quickest horse off a slow pace last year i can't see that happening happening this year and then one that i mentioned uh, back in, in january or early february when we did the preview pod was Royal Pagai and I sort of fairly mischievously said we're, we're going to get a soft soft ground festival because we were having such dry conditions at the time but the rain has come Venetia's horses have just sneaked to look a little bit better in patches this week um, he's got his ground he'll definitely stay uh, he's a 80 100 to 1 I'll definitely be having a, a, a small bet on him but from a spectacle, Galloping Deschamps is the one I want to want to win. I just got a bit of a concern about the ground for him now. Yeah, big price on Royal Pagai. Interesting selection there. Galloping Deschamps is the horse that everyone's hoping will be the Constitution Hill, but over fences. Uh, obviously, Constitution Hill will be over fences sooner rather than later, but he could be the real standout in this division. I use the word could because we don't know just yet. Last time out, he was very impressive, but this is the real test. He's a short price favourite, probably mainly due to hype as well as form. Uh, he'll have to live up to that. On form alone, I think he should be around three to one. But you've got to factor in the buzz around Galapande Champ. Yes, it's Statler for me. I backed him 363 days ago, in fact, which is very uncharacteristic because I don't like antipose punting, let alone a year in advance. Um, managed to sneak the 20s on Statler. He's currently around nine, 10 to one. And I'm just going to stick with that position. Not going to go in again. Going to watch the race as a neutral. Cheer for Statler, cheer for Gallop and Deschamps, and just hope that we have a fantastic race to end out uh, the 2023 Cheltenham Festival. Now, the other races on the card, the undercard, include the Grade 1 Triumph Hurdle. We've got the Grade 1 Albert Bartlett. The card ends with the Martin Pipe, the uh, leading race for conditional riders. Ross, can you please give us your final nap and next best from the 2023 Cheltenham Festival? I've got three names written down in front of me, TC, and I haven't given Jay the names yet, so I can I can pick and choose. Um, 
I'm gonna gonna say Nap is is blood destiny in the triumph. Um, I'm staggered that Paul Townend hasn't hasn't chosen him uh, over the over the mayor. Um, I don't know when he would have had to have made that decision, but for me, he's the strongest stayer of of Willie Mullins' horse. He's probably not the quickest, but the strongest stayer. And stamina wins the day uh, in Triumph Hurdle. So I'm I'm gonna nap him, and then the the next best. Uh, let's go Corbett's Cross. It's play it a bit safer. Go Corbett's Cross in the Albert Bartlett, loves soft ground, uh, showed bags of pace over two miles last time, stays all day. Um, Emmett Mullins is an absolute genius, and I think he'll get the job done in the Albert Bartlett. Go on, give us the third horse as well. I know everyone will be wanting to know it. So if you've listened to the to the SBK pods, you'll have the name on the list anyway. It's a Rocco in the in the Martin Pipe. I think he's got a good chance, but uh, next besting in a in a competitive handicap. I got away with it today with Fugitive. I wasn't keen to roll the dice again for a, a third day. Interesting, yeah. Oroco in the final race of the day. A race that's generally dominated by Ireland. I think they've won seven of the last eight editions, but Oroco could uh, provide a winner for the home contingent for Oliver Greenall and Josh Guerrero. So your nap there was Blood Destiny, who's around two to one with SBK, and Corbett's Cross, I think, is currently four to one as well with SBK. Now, my nap and next best are coming in the same races, which is interesting. And the nap, the first time we've done it this week, and the first time we've done it in a long time, is Blood Destiny in the Triumph. I'm very much with you. Also surprised Paul Townend has chosen Lossy Mouth. Phillies have a terrible record in the Triumph Hurdle. Just two wins since tw- since 2000, sorry. They won in 2000 with a French trained uh, filly called Snowdrop and in 2020 with Burning Victory, who was very fortunate to win because Goshen fell at the last or unseated Jamie Moore at the very least. Blood Destiny has the highest ceiling, in my opinion. Lossy Mouth has shown the most on the track so far, but I think Blood Destiny is the better horse. And then my next best is coming in the Albert Bartlett, a race that I really love as a, a punting spectacle. And I'm going with both Willie Mullins horses, Shambali Kid and Seabank Bistro. But for the purposes of the next best, I'll go for Shambali Kid. I think he's got slightly better claims in these conditions. He'll be well suited by the step up and trip. And although his jumping is a slight concern for me, I liked how he performed last time out, beating Monty Starr, who also runs in this race and is surprisingly a shorter prize, which I have no idea why. Uh, that's the case because Shambali Kid has already beaten him and has a higher ceiling. So Shambali Kid at 22 to 1 currently is the next best. Thank you very much for watching episode four of the Cheltenham Festival SBK betting podcast special. I hope you enjoyed this as much as you enjoyed episodes one, two and three. Thank you for liking those subscribers as well have been going up, which is fantastic to see. If you don't have an SBK account already, deposit in your SBK account, create one first, obviously, then bet £10 and you get £10 in free bets perfect for the final day of the Cheltenham Festival our unusual SBK betting podcast will be back next week uh, with Jess Stafford back in the host seat but there's one more episode of this festival special and that's coming tomorrow Friday recapping Friday's action looking ahead towards Saturday's racing we'll be sad because the Cheltenham Festival will be over but we'll have our nap and next best for Saturday's fair thank you very much we'll see you tomorrow be lucky <laughs> <laughs>